Hello, I'm Pete Can, laughter leader, positive thinker, and entrepreneur. And you're listening to Laughter and Positivity with Pete, where each week I'll bring you tips and tricks to lead a happier, more positive life. Ready? Let's go. Hey guys, thank you for tuning into this week's Laughter and Positivity podcast. And today I am joined with the lovely Pasha Marlowe, who is a laughter and pleasure coach. How are you, Pasha? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me, Pete. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. So, so Pasha, how, how did we meet each other? That's probably a good start. Well, actually, my husband did a good thing. He was on Clubhouse and he was in a room where you were leading, I believe, or talking about laughter yoga. And he knows that's an interest of mine. And so he said, you should look up this guy named Pete Can. And so I did. And then we connected. So I'm so happy that he that he made that connection for us. Amazing. Amazing. And, uh, and how are you finding Clubhouse? I enjoy it when it's a room where the connection is authentic and we tell stories and we laugh and we play. I'm not fond of the um, the sales pitching for an hour, it just it 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 doesn't resonate with me, and it it rather bores me. So I enjoy the interactive rooms quite Amazing. a lot. Yes. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. You know, there's some of the, and it's it's usually the really big rooms as well, isn't it? Where there's loads of people, and there's no real interaction. Like that, and they're banging around the moderators, and it's just like, look, come on, just get in a smaller room where there's maybe ten or fifteen of you, and you can actually have genuine conversations. It's really powerful, I think, when you're in there. Yes. If, if I usually have laughter and tears in my room and you can't get to that level of intimacy and sharing in a large space. So yes, I, I, I feel like 50 and under is, is where my sweet spot is in Clubhouse. Yeah. Nice. So, so talk to me a bit about that laughter and pleasure coach. What, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the laughter part, as you're so familiar with, really started with appreciating how physically and emotionally laughter can shift our, our energy um, and relieve our nervous system. I was teaching yoga for the last 15 years and I enjoy traditional yoga quite a bit. However, in COVID times, I wasn't able to reopen my studio. And so I wanted to find ways to engage people in yoga online. And so I started to teach the laughter yoga and it seemed like that people needed the laughter more than the yoga when they were feeling the isolation uh, in, and the loneliness that came about during COVID. And so I, I took that and expanded my business to include producing comedy shows. I call it Roar with Laughter. It ends up being a coaching program where people go through the coaching program and they start to reframe their stories and these stories are difficult ones. I'm, I work with trauma um, a lot because I used to be a marriage and family therapist. So not to bounce around, but I went from marriage and family therapy to fitness, to yoga, to comedy and pleasure. And to me, it's all related. It's all, it's all desire and health, wellness, holistically. Um, but I know it sounds a little bizarre to go uh, from traditional therapy to comedy. It, it to me is a way to tell the stories and laughter is the easiest way to release those pent up emotions. Even if it's not the joy, I find laughter has been so useful to relieve, release grief and rage too. So embodying the emotions through laughter has been a big part of my business. And then the pleasure came in 
frankly, because I was grieving. Um, my youngest son is very ill and a lot of my clients were grieving the loss of loved ones and we were having trouble accessing our own pleasure to keep our energy up to care for those around us, our, our families, our clients, everybody. And so to keep our energy and rejuvenate ourselves on a personal level, I started to access pleasure practices, which is not just sex and sexuality. It's like treating yourself well and listening to your body and seeing what your body needs at that moment. And, and hopefully it's feels good and hopefully it's fun um, as well. So laughter and pleasure in are interacting in my head at all times. <laughs> Amazing, amazing, and then uh, you know I can see sort of from the back of the back of the room there. Obviously, there's a definitely a lot of uh, pleasure being put up on that roof, on the roof. Obviously, people that aren't watching this on the uh, on the screen, but you've got a load of decorations up, and it's not even Christmas. So, what, what what's not, that all about? It's like pom poms and uh, Hawaiian decorations. I I it's important to celebrate what we do, right? And so we're isolated. I'm over my garage in rural Maine in the United States. There's nobody around. I haven't seen a human outside of my husband and son for a long time. So when I published a book a week ago, my husband and I decided we're going to have to throw ourselves a party, small as it is, just two of us. So we decorated because we're focusing on celebrating our accomplishments, even, even in this bizarre world we're in right now. And it's really important celebrating your wins. It's like so important. Yes. And I, I just think, I think we're too quick to move on. Yeah. Uh, I, I know I'm quite guilty of that as well, you know, like launching, like I said, off, offline a minute ago, launching my website and my, my, my new YouTube channel. Well, actually, that's a big thing, but I've just, I'm onto the next project already. And it's just like actually, you know, taking that moment to sit back and actually enjoy the, 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 the launch of something is, is really, yeah. really important. So, um, yeah. so how, Pasha, how, how did you get into laughter then? How did you discover laughter? From from grief. I, I know it sounds bizarre, but I was grieving my son's illness uh, and fearing for his life. He was, he is in constant chronic pain with his illness. And a year and a half ago, it was, um, it was to the point where he wanted to take his own life. And in that agony and fear, I had to just relentlessly and bravely figure out a way to pull myself out of it and to lift my spirits and energy enough to heal him. And so fortunately, uh, he was 11 when this all began and he was readily willing to accept laughter into his life. And so we, we started to laugh about how bad it was at first. And then we started to create, you know, just jokes and puns around medical trauma. <laughs> and, um, and now that I've done this, I've talked to a lot of people who've been through cancer or hospice workers or EMT workers and they know how to access humor to survive all of that all of that trauma. So I think it's a I think it's a wonderful coping mechanism during tra tragedy and trauma. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it, so it's it's do you so do you do you practice? Is it laughter yoga you practice, or is it it's? it's... I did do laughter yoga for a while, and um, and in the traditional sense, I I did some classes and some training on it. I. I rather, I like the laugh offs. I like incorporating 
improv. I like. I think I like to do it a little bit more through uh, through storytelling and improv and play um, versus the traditional laughter yoga exercises. Right now, that just feels better to me. But I have enjoyed that in the past. But I was not somebody who was easy to laugh. Hardly laughed for forty nine years because I grew up in a home that didn't value laughter and life was very challenging. So I never found a way in to laughter until, until I hit rock bottom, right? Sometimes it takes that breaking down before you have the breakthrough. And mercifully in my breakdown, I realized that the one thing I hadn't tried was laughter and it felt bizarre trying it, but I tried it and it it just always worked. It always works. <laughs> Going from laughter to tears and tears to laughter feels good. Feels good. Amazing. Amazing. So, so you, cause you mentioned improv as well. So you do improv as part of your sessions. Yes. Um, I do improv on clubhouse in the beginning of every coaching session. I play improv games with my students and, and most everybody I work with has never, and they're terrified of it, never done any improv before. So we start really simple. And my, my favorite one lately is introduce yourself and pretend it's opposite day because all of a sudden they're thinking, okay, well, how do I really feel now? What's the opposite of that? And how do I say that while they're manifesting, if they're having a hard day, they're manifesting the good day that they want to receive. And so that's been really easy to access, whether it's on Clubhouse or Zoom. Um, I've enjoyed that one quite a bit lately. And then bringing improv into my home, like at, at the dinner table, you know, we try to create games and, uh, you know, anything to keep our clients, our students, our kids engaged in learning. I say there's no aha without a haha. So I try to encourage leaders to incorporate laughter and improv into their Zoom sessions and their meetings so that people are awake and alert to learning. (laughs) We're all zoning out. And most of my clients are definitely ADD or ADHD because they're very creative thinkers. And I I am in that as well um, with ADHD. And I think improv is a really fantastic tool play in general is a fantastic tool if you have ADHD, but it's just a creative path that opens up so many options um, and, and makes it really a gift, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I, that, and that's something that I keep saying. I, I, I realized that because I was laughing before COVID as well. I was laughing every morning for 10 minutes with, with oh. a group of people on zoom just to to before I had to write some marketing emails or whatever, and it just literally just put me into a real higher state. I call it flow state. I like to get yeah. into that flow state where everything then you just touch it just turns to well, it's not quite gold, maybe bronze, but it's turning to something. I like that, and and that flow state. I I heard once in a book, and I can't remember which laughter yogi said it, but she was saying that you're lightening up. And so couldn't it be considered a form of enlightenment, laughter? And so when I heard that, I said, well, that's quite sophisticated. I'm enlightened. And so, you know, because I think there's a perception that if you bring laughter into the workplace, you're going to be seen as less professional or less trustworthy. And I think it's the complete opposite. I think we're, we're seen as more relatable, more trustworthy, uh, more enjoyable, certainly, yeah, as yeah. Definitely. I think you're, you're right and as well. And it, it, we spend so much time at work that actually why can't we have fun whilst we're at work why can't we and, and this is like one of my missions actually i've got lots of little missions that are going on but <laughs> I, I i that's just the way i am <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 
having like the car park outside the office. So when we all back in our offices and working again, um, like and at the lunch break, right, just putting footballs and hula hoops and skipping ropes and and you know hopscotch. We draw it all out, and then everyone's just got to come out and play for an hour. Oh, so good! Just to see what the you know a the reaction because will they just first will they play or would they just come out and just go? Mm, mm-hmm. a bit odd and mm-hmm. the second thing if they are encouraged to play and they do play is like how productive they are in the afternoon which yes. i think they'll be really productive creative. absolutely so you, you know think think about the time as well like you know when we walk past a school playground at playtime and just hear that laughter and it's just so mm-hmm. infectious and it just makes you feel really good inside doesn't it it's just mm-hmm. that you know it, it's just a shame that children you know we, we they laugh two to three hundred times a day you know and and as adults we just what is it? 10 to 30 for adults yeah. and 300 for children. Yeah. It, it's so remarkable. And I love what you're saying about the workplace and it, for some people, you know, doing work or talking about trauma is easier than asking them to play a game or play with a hula hoop even. So it's interesting how much vulnerability there is wrapped up in the releasing of play and even dancing. I'll ask my clients to embody their emotions through dance and that takes a lot of, um, of courage because you're breaking down a lot of armor that you've built up over time to protect yourself. So I find it really fascinating that what the most challenging things I've asked people to do are to play and to laugh when they're in the middle of trauma or transition. It's, it's really fascinating, but they'll talk about trauma easily, you know, because that's the place they're comfortable in. It's familiar. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy. So, so if you, um, obviously you've shared a bit about your story, which is amazing, you know, and thank you for sharing that. And, and, and you know, obviously then you discovered that actually this was something that you wanted to, to help more people with. So have you got any other stories? You know, obviously we don't have to mention names, but you know, a part of this podcast is to, you know, the people that are listening, there are the converts already that laugh and they, they get it, but they're the people that are listening just going, nah, still just a bit too out there. And I, yeah. I love a story that, that, that helps that really. It's so, yeah, I mean, I, I have, I have many, um, people will go through my program, the eight weeks, and then at the end, it culminates in a live comedy show, which is really a three minute story that they tell and they, and they, you know, make it, they make it funny, but it's heartbreaking too. And it's interesting that right after they release all these truths and these stories, there's this sense of, oh, oh, okay, I didn't know I could make people laugh. I didn't know I had that capacity and that gift to make myself laugh, that I could frankly, like, play with myself. Like, I, I have the ability to enjoy my own company now. And there's this revelation that comes across. Um, I, I work with mostly women. And it's, it's been very liberating to watch them take that experience of becoming a comedian for that night and learning to laugh and and seeing a hundred people in the audience laugh at their jokes and stories. And then what they do next is usually something like create a new business, leave a relationship that was no longer serving them, ask for a raise, um, you know, go into their next hospital visit with this thought that they could potentially reframe this through the lens of humor. And so they're thinking of, how can I make this a song or what's the irony in this situation or is the timing of this so bad 
that it's funny. And so we, I give them tools so that on a day-to-day basis, they walk into their lives outside of the show and outside of the program, and they are finding the funny everywhere in places that used to be so sad. So um, the one, one show, a woman who's in her mid-60s, as soon as the show was over, unfortunately, her husband ended up in the hospital. She went to visit him in the hospital as much as she could, given COVID. And every time they went, they decided to do videos from the hospital bed to put up online of um, playing with the, you know, stethoscope or the bandages or just all the the tools and <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, but anyhow, they, they started laughing and making skits around the hospital room. And then they started singing and performing. And before they knew it, the nurses were coming in, the doctors were coming in and it lifted the moods of the patients on the floor, of the staff on the floor. They absolutely got better care because of it, because they were engaging the doctors and the nursing staff. And they went on to do shows together online, Facebook lives, talking about cancer and heart attacks. It was brilliant. It's just so brilliant. And so I know that's a rather extreme example because somebody might not want to go on and perform, but to think that this person eight weeks ago didn't have any, any desire to laugh or perform or put their truths out there in public, that's the liberation and the transformation that I find so rewarding. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So, so you say you've got an eight week program, so I would love to sort of get an understanding of, so you, so you, so you, you the people that are the front, like that come to start the program are people that are in grief. Is that, that one of the people that you sort of like approach or? Um, I mean, I, th- I suppose this past year, everybody's been grieving the loss mm-hmm. and the uncertainty of COVID. So um, they're not necessarily grieving a specific loss, but they've been through something. They're going through a big transition. Um, and it's, it's not purposeful that I bring them in that way. It's just that those are the people that are attracted to the program because I call it therapeutic comedy. So they know that it's going to be a heavy dose of therapy with the comedy. And so it's not a stand-up comedy class or an improv class as much as it is an intimate group of people walking through all of their hard limiting beliefs and past pain points and then reframing them through the lens of humor so that they can laugh about them and take their power back. So they go in knowing that. So I think I'm just attracting people who have been through challenging things. Yeah. Yeah. And is it like eight, an eight week program? Then they start from week one and then you, 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 you slowly break down the barriers. And then after the sort of six, seventh, they get the confidence and then the, then it's showtime. Yeah, I call it ROAR, ROAR with laughter. So it's R-O-A-R, it's an acronym. The first R is rupture, like heartache, trauma. And then the last R is rapture, which is, you know, freedom and bliss and joy. And in between, there's there's orchestration and alchemizing our stories and designing our future. There's a whole week um, specifically related to pleasure, talking to our body, learning to receive help, ask for help. So it goes beyond comedy for sure. And then in the second half of the program, so four four weeks on to eight, we're focusing on storytelling and uh, writing our stories and then speaking our stories and being very vulnerable and brave, practicing. We also look up you know professional comedians that we admire and we try to you know 
emulate their style and just try it on because I think sometimes people don't know what will feel good until they try it on. So we're, we're trying that. And then we start to write and perform for each other first one minute, one minute little skits or uh, routines. And then it moves up to three to five minutes in the show. And everybody, everybody does brilliantly. And you can't tell when you see the show, nobody could tell that uh, these performers had no experience prior. They're just, they're just so raw and emotional, tear-jerking, and hilarious stories. That's amazing, amazing. And do, they, do these videos get, do, do you video the final shows and do they get publicized as well? Or is that up to the, yeah. I do videotape them and I can, I'll give you a copy of them if you're interested. I don't publicize them because the, there is such, such intimacy involved and there are some people who are reclaiming their, power and desire after things like sexual abuse or um, religious trauma. And there's still some people in their lives, be it their parents or um, their employers who they just don't want to get a hold of it. So I may, I keep it a private show by invitation. Uh, and so it's usually about 80 to hundred people who see the show live on zoom. And then uh, I, I send out when, when I have trust and rapport with the person I send out the recording. Yeah, nice, nice. So, so with um, obviously you mentioned that so you've done a bit of laughter yoga before, but um, I, you know, this, I'll be honest, you're, you're the first person that I've spoken to that isn't that hasn't done the laughter yoga side of things more, you know, which is really interesting actually. So, so what, I, I always like to say, well, what are your two favorite laughter exercises? Now, what would you say? How would you encourage me to laugh or the people listening? If you have yeah, to? well, on Clubhouse, what's been really fun is. It's just like the 10 to four, 10 or 45 second laugh off. I know that's just easy, but we just laugh. I love that one uh, because it's simple to explain. Um, I like the, the ha, 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 and just going through the motions because sometimes I'll come into my classes and be in a really heavy place because of my son and not feel like I could laugh for anything because my chest is really heavy. So inhaling and exhaling with a ha, feels feels accessible at that point i love that um i love telling like some something that's just horrid going on but i say but to say it through laughter um just to rewire our brains you know i'm unemployed and covid is terrible it's lonely and five hundred thousand people have died in our country alone because of a miserable leader that we had on i can go on on um but to take it and then just like oh i let go of something that i was holding on to but i was able to release it in a way that felt safe and Mm -hmm. and relatable I, i like that aspect of it amazing amazing mm-hmm. so 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 i i'd be up for doing a a, te- a 30 second laugh off now then quickly. oh goody all right so uh so so should we just do it should we just go for it yeah do you have a timer <laughs> yeah i do actually yeah. <laughs> right then let's do it are you ready i'm already laughing <laughs> no wait there oh uh, <laughs> Lovely. That's amazing. Snort in there. (laughs) 
You know what I love? I love that just naturally our bodies, we lean back, we lean forward. Like we can't just stand still and do it. Our whole body is engaged. And, and I was legit laughing there. I saw you laughing. I hear you laughing. It's contagious. And it just innately feels good. It's like, it's like when we don't want to walk outside, but then we do. And we're like, oh, right. It always feels better when I do this. It's the same thing with laughing, but it's so hard to talk people into trying it. So to have somebody like you say, we're doing it. I'm like, okay, well, I guess we're doing it now. It's, that's, that's the gold because otherwise, who would just wake up and think to do that unless it's in our practice, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? And, and that, that's one of the tough things that, you know, it's just like banging my head on the wall. Like every day is like, please laugh. Oof. Please, like, you, like, it's so good for you. I feel so great. Yeah, but like, Pete, it's all right for you. You've got this. It's like, well, no, I've lost virtually all my business overnight. Not, like, <laughs> even more. That's why I say, like, if life feels too hard to laugh, you need it even more. It's like meditation. When people say, I can't meditate. My my head is too clouded with all the, the pain. I'm like, well, the, you need it more. So I just think that, I think now that we're all feeling a collective pain in the world that maybe we're opening our eyes to other alternatives to healing. And I see a trend, I'm sure you do too, of people being more willing to think outside the box, more willing to be creative, more willing to try things like laughter and improv or take care of themselves and their loved ones more because all of a sudden we appreciate life. I mean, I think we're going through an existential crisis of sorts right now. And, um, and we're getting really fierce and relentless about claiming our, our joy. And so I, I'm so glad that, that people like you are out there to, to motivate. It's good. It is, you know, and then I sort of dive back to Clubhouse. You know, once I thought I could be on Clubhouse for nearly 10 weeks now. And, and it, when I first jumped on it, I was like, wow, this platform is so made for laughter people to be able to bring that because you haven't got this, this camera basically, which, which, you know, people are nervous about laughing and let themselves go as well. It's, it's, it's such a big thing. Whereas on clubhouse, I'm just breathing in and I'm breathing out a laugh. That's all we're doing. And then, and to hear the room just like erupting with laughter and you just sort of stop a little bit and just listen. You're like, yeah. It's beautiful. And don't you find that people say, you know, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to unmute, but then I did. I feel so much better. And they're shocked. Like, I didn't think I'd feel this much better. And I'm like, remember that because tomorrow you're going to forget. And then you're going to try it again. And each time you're going to remind yourself that, that it always feels better. So yes, yes. (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the other you know talking about like remembering that it's just like i've done loads of corporate jobs which which are great once and it's just like <laughs> great once <laughs> just, 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 just like come twice or three times like try like anyone listening to this should laugh like try a practice of laughter at least three times because the first time it's a bit mm. wacky yes second great. time you go all right okay so i still feel the same that's good the third time is the bit where you just go wow okay i've got control of this and i can i can make myself feel like this by doing these exercises and i think that's um yeah but what why people get stuck on one i don't i still don't get that bit but i think that's a good point because i looked up laughter yoga when i started dabbling in it and i watched some youtube videos and some of them were frankly 
dull or weird. It just didn't feel right. And then I came across one that was light and bubbly and therapeutic and it, it was wonderful. And so just like yoga, you're not going to find, you're not going to love yoga the first time you try it, that that instructor might not resonate with you. So you try another one or a different style of yoga. And so I think the same with, with laughter yoga, you know, find your, find the people that you mm-hmm. want to help facilitate it and then find the people you feel safe doing it with. And maybe it is clubhouse um, or your kids or, or your dog. I don't know. You know, I mean, do just, yeah, they'll love it. <laughs> I always tell people, you know, if you want to lift your spirits, you know, watch a baby or an, a dog or a cat play. They're just that that's their, our innate state is joy. We just forget. We forget it's, it's uh, out there for us. Right. And it's sad, it is. isn't it? It's sad it that is. there's people people that are in this world that just yeah, just, just don't like don't even want to try it. That's the thing, the sad thing. You're like they don't. No, I can't because this is going on and this is going on and and everything worries me and the news and blah blah. It's like, well, stop watching the news. That's exactly. number one. Yes, agreed. So, and um, you know, we, we, there should be a happy news channel where you can just watch it, and it, it can be like little lambs jumping around, and and you know, kittens and, and puppies, and just. There's nice. a good idea for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should make a, a, a television channel. I think that's a great idea, and I yeah, I think some people feel like they're not worthy of the joy and the pleasure. And in the work that I do as a laughter and pleasure coach, we talk, we break that down. You know when did you learn that you weren't worthy of love or pleasure mm. or joy? And it's, it often I'll, I'll um, you know, say that again, I mainly work with women, but often it goes back to unfortunately some childhood traumas and often sexual traumas. And um, it, you know, the issues are in our tissues, as we say in uh yoga or the body keeps score or whatever, however you want to describe it, it's hard to let go of those messages and beliefs that we, that we've become conditioned to believe. And so it's a lot of breaking that down. Uh, And I find it to be useful in groups, in small, intimate, safe, empathetic groups, not 5,000 person clubhouse. I don't feel safe there. I wouldn't raise my hand there. No. (laughs) I don't know why people do as well. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I, think- I just go get my washing and I'll just start washing it in public, you know, in front of 5,000 people because, and I'm listening to these, like, you know, again, there, there, there there's, yeah, yeah, the smaller, the smaller rooms you, you can, you can sort of get a, a gist for people, you know, that you can talk and trust, but still, yeah. I think, yeah, if you need somebody to talk to like, like that, I think you need to seek somebody that maybe who's a, I'm not a professional on the first one, but, but um, yeah. So, um, I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Like, but you are amazing, amazing. So, so what? Why? <laughs> I got the master's degree. Give me something. <laughs> uh, you haven't got it on the wall. I can't see it anywhere on your wall. No, so. I don't hang diplomas. I think that's silly. I hang pom poms, but I don't hang diplomas. Yeah, I don't know. Most people don't so much care about the paperwork and the license and the diplomas. Um, you know, I've 50, 50 years of experience on this planet, including a master's, but, but really it's my life experience that makes me 
a brilliant coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So, so um, what, what what's your book called? Well, I don't know what your audience is like or how progressive you are, Pete, but it's called My Next Husband Will Be a Lesbian. Perfect. <laughs> and <laughs> it's a bit comedic, but it's also true. And it's um, it's reclamation of of pleasure and desire, including uh, sexuality. And there's 16 stories of women in heterosexual marriages who are just like, we're living under the constructs of marriage as we were taught, but it doesn't really work for us. And we're feeling more expansive and we're allowed to say that. So it's really just a reclamation of, of our, of our truth. Um, and, and I, I really now, once you start to tell your radical truths, there's just no turning back. I really have no filter anymore. If I could talk about sexual trauma and suicide and sexuality, and one, what else am I going to be scared of? I'm not going to be scared of improv. I'm not going to be scared of laughter. I'm like, I did all the scary things already. So now I'm just free. And to help other people get to that place. Oh, it's amazing, amazing. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I probably would read that book to be fair, and then I would <laughs> just to go. I know I become a thespian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been, that what's really funny is when I told my son, who's thirteen now, I said, I just want to let you know I'm writing a book in case any of your friends find out. Um, and it's about sexuality. And in the book, I come out as bisexual. Do you have any questions about that? And, you know, as a 13 year old kid, he's got mostly headphones on over his ears. He lifted them. He goes, hope you sell a lot of books, put his headphones on, could have cared less about what I said. I've said, I just want to make sure you heard me in case there's any questions later. Do you understand what bisexuality is? And he's like, mom, duh, I'm 15. What does it mean if you just want to live with your dog? Put him back on, moved on. The kids, kids are open-minded and accepting from birth. We as adults are the ones that change that. So if you ever feel like you don't belong, go talk to a kid. They'll, they'll make you feel a sense of belonging right away. You know? So I'm just fortunate that, that I have, um, (laughs) that I have a kid in my house to, to tell my, my, uh, accomplishments to, and and that was as much as he wanted to celebrate because he's like, so, (laughs) <laughs> big deal you're a person exactly. Exactly. I, love, I, love, I love my dog whatever yeah, did you, yeah. so you're not you're not you're not counting on a, a review from him then on amazon <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be very enthusiastic no um most of the reviews are coming from women who who are just so happy to have somebody put into a book what they've been thinking but really felt too shame to say and that's that's the whole point just like release shame and normalize just like when we were talking about adhd or loneliness or trauma or any 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 mental illness or all of it like why can't we just put it out there and normalize it so that people don't come into these conversations with the shame that keeps them quiet because that makes us sick that's when it's hard to laugh is when we're holding secrets and shame in our body and our throat gets tight and our chest gets tight. So that's why in my programs, I release the truths first so that we can access the humor. Um, so we can let go of that blockage, blockage in our body, usually in our throat or our pelvis, um, that makes it hard to let go. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So, so Pasha, where, where can um, people reach out to you if anybody wanted to come and find out a little bit more about you? 
Well, easy enough. My name is bizarre. So it's PashaMarlow.com. So P-A-S-H-A-M-A-R-L-O-W-E.com is my website. Or you can find me on Facebook under Pasha Marlowe. And Instagram, Pasha Marlowe. And Clubhouse, Pasha Marlowe. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one in the world named Pasha Marlowe. So I get to claim that um, for all my sites. It's easy. So easy. Amazing. Amazing. So final question before we sign off then. What oh. what three things bring you joy? Oh my goodness. Um, snuggling with my boy. Um, I'm just hugging him. Um, walking outside hiking in the in nature and then leading leading my coaching groups and and my one-on-one coaching with women and feeling that there's no one-way liberation amazing thank you so much for your time thank you so much for having me pete i really appreciate it thank you so much for listening to laughter and positivity with pete to access today's show notes and exclusive content please head over to pecan dot com forward slash podcast be sure to tune in next week for your next dose of laughter and positivity until then remember if pete can you can <laughs>